Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast. This is part two. This is Saturday morning business. It's 9.30am Australian Eastern Standard Time. What we'll do, we'll have a look at the Ingham as far as uh, what Vince's uh, additional thoughts are from yesterday. And then we'll go right through the Ascot card. Please open up your race speed profiles for uh, for Perth. And that's really an accompaniment for that. G'day, Vince. Rolf, good morning. Mate, top of the morning to you. Let's uh, let's start with this uh, this fantastic race, the Ingham. What we've got clarity from yesterday was uh, was obviously the favourite nugget has missed the run and uh, and a bit of speed influence from Purple Sector is out. What's your further thoughts now? It's uh, all business. Well, basically, from a speed point of view, it's still everything points to good, solid pace. Probably more inclined to feel that we're going to be more like around that plus five range. I'm not saying that plus eight's not going to be doable, but that's where I've sort of got my mind at. And this does sort of tend to give the most advantage to runners that are typically three to six to eight lengths off that lead speed, particularly if they can get into those lanes. And that's sort of six to 12 is where you really want to be to get optimum. And this is going to suit horses, in my view, that are going to be midfield or maybe stalking the lead speed. All right, so really, you, you looks like your mindset hasn't changed. A tissue, terrific odds, out wide. The best of the on paces is Riadini. The best of the value at uh, big odds there is uh, is Aramayo. The You're respecting brutality, and probably the only one we didn't touch on is Lions Raw, which is also at huge odds. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that Lions Raw is not forgotten. It, it Sort of all the indicators are pointing to that there is this big possibility of a, a, a pretty powerful run that sort of the evidence is showing that it's here now and we may see it uh take place today and 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 again you know like i am of the view here it's going to be no surprise if a horse a a big price get wins this and this is why i wanted to make sure lines rolls there it's got the two duck heads nectar if you're looking at you know like where you finished last start though when you look at that five lengths defeat. What what you have to take into consideration here, Ralphie, is this a shocking race shape for the horse through the first section, 7.9 below. The mid-race move was huge. It was plus 4.3. It was well up on the first up run. But what couldn't be denied was how powerful the last 400 was, was a plus 6.8. To me, that was the clear sign. This horse is going far better than the two duck edge show and is a distinct possibility of being a massive leaper. Now, you only have to go back to March 21 when this horse was, I thought was going to be a potential high, high-level horse, and there it is, 4.6. This uh, track distance. Yeah, and it was that day was massive speed. It was a quick track. So this stable, I, I'm not a huge fan of the rider, but the reality is, you know, I can't, been the rider either. I, I felt that he was uh, he was impacted by the race shape last start. All right. So once again, 
most advantage. You've got uh, a tissue. You put Aramea right in, and that's the uh, that's really the Epsom form of uh, 2021, including uh, including obviously Riadini is the best of the on paces there. But you've got respect for the way the stable has uh, has targeted brutality at the race, and the other one at big odds there, Lions Raw to go on with the big odds there of Aramea. Exactly. Right out. Sorry, anything that. No, nothing else to add. Good as gold, sorry. Uh, let's talk business now. Uh, Ascot, firstly, how are you expecting the track to play? Well, all the indicators is nice and good. And if you can't handle a good track, you're obviously going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I don't see that being a big challenge for most of them. The big key here is in the smaller fields, it's hard to get in the lanes, even though at Ascot, they all tend to, when they come around the bend, they all automatically sort of sit three, four off the fence. So they're not too far from the lanes. But the smaller fields, I, f- I feel they're going to be very even, whether you're on pace, midfield or back. But in those bigger fields, it's going to be a big advantage if you can get, you know, 10 to 15, 16 off the fence. You're going to have a massive edge over the horses closer to the rail. All right, and I'm just looking at race speed profiles, and let's underline again, listening to this, please open up your race speed profiles. Jamie Carr, the Parnham Brothers, and Ollie are at the top of the charts there. Uh, first race on the program, Vince, the market's saying five of the six runners are uh, winning contenders here. Is this a race you're interested in playing in? It's, it's, it's one of these races. I marked it moderate. I gave some consideration, but here's the challenge. This could be a very messy race in terms of it's going to be all tactics, and when this happens, they've all got a chance. And I looked at the sort of compression from top to bottom. On their profiles at this distance, they all are within two lengths of each other. And if you get a terribly slow, slowly run race and you don't get the right luck at the right moment because that's what you're going to need, you could be defeated. So for that reason, I was a bit cautious, but it could have been a nice betting race had there been three or four more horses. Uh, Azar's favourite in race two she's had one ride <laughs> sorry one start with Jamie Carr riding I should say $26 last start but uh, that was a very good performance is she entitled to be the favourite she is well it was a very good performance Rafi and extremely hard to knock and the reality is this if the horse has got one run left and it just repeats what it did last start then it absolutely deserves to be the favourite and it, it appears to have a Bit of a, a bit of an edge on the field as well, so can afford to probably even run a length below last start and still run first or second. So you're not requiring much to, no. <laughs> to be deep in the race. In other words, uh, Diamond Command, you've uh, you've got next best there from Galaxy Affair and Yarra Lee. Race uh, race three on the program here. Well, sort of a three way favouritism battle as far as the market's concerned. Rain of Fire, uh, Heliotron, and uh, Z- sorry, I'll. Uh, I'll just pronounce it right. I can't read my own writing, so I'll look at the actual market there. Sorry. Reign of Fire, Heliatorion, and Samaria with Ollie taking on the locals. Well, thank God you're calling them out, Rolf, because I'd have no <laughs> hope. Uh, this, is, this is a big watch race for me, Rolf. I, I have no idea how to have confidence on how I would go about having a crack at this race. Whilst on the data... It, pure naked data, Rain of File and the eight, they look very, very uh, high position for big runs. But the confidence for me is, you know, can I step into these horses like where they are in their campaigns? I'm going to have a look at it. I mean, Rain of Fire has been up since July, right? 
Yep. And I'm just saying to myself, if you've got another run for a peaking performance, maybe you don't even have to peak to win. It's possible. And then when I look at the eight, and I had the same, I had a very similar view here. It's just been up for so long. It's it's just hard. The advantage is, of course, the Oliver. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Race four in the program here. So you're not playing. That's nice and simple then. No. Race four in the market's got it, uh, two horses at low fours here. Vitalise and Rare Encounter, it seems that uh, your view is of, uh, of those uh, at single-figure odds, and most of the field are. In fact, no, no, the market hasn't dismissed any of the runners here. Um, Rare Encounter is probably under the odds. Well, here's the thing for me. Vitalise looks superbly positioned to win this race. But you've got the challenge. The challenge is... Has it got another run in it? And this is the battle that I've found with a number of horses that are racing today is you have to take the, a calculated position about how you feel if they've come past their best and how much will be the detraction on form. Now, that run two starts back at Northern, that was, that's a winning performance, and then it came out in Belmont and won. But the performance was backwards. Now, the intel, when you look at the intel, like the late closing speed, which is what I look, like to look at, there's no signs that the horse is going in the wrong direction. But that could have been a peaking run with a below benchmark performance on a hard day to run time. And that's the challenge for me. Um, in the uh, in race five in the program, there's no uh, there's no issue about Capital Flight being deep in its prep. In fact, it's first up. It won its last four starts before its uh, spell. It's the favourite from Swim Through and More Shower. Well, this is a horse that's very interesting in terms of where it's at. The performances that had been doing at both Northern and Belmont last campaign were very, very solid, particularly the, the run three starts back last preparation of Northern over 1,000. Sort of gave me the hallmarks. This horse has got a, a fair bit of ability. The reality is it's had the one trial at Belmont, which, which I thought was really good, Ralphie, and given me enough confidence that this horse is going to run very well first up and got the golden position and I don't feel any horse is going to get into any lanes so stalking the lead speed in this race is a plus just the, the reality is can you turn up first up and run to that number I don't have a lot of insight on this trainer to say yeah 100% you'll do that and I have very limited profile all I can really go on was its very first life start uh, start was at Northern back in 21 which I thought we had plenty of merit and I reckon it's a better horse Nice. Race six in the program here. The market's uh, zeroed in on Hardly Ever and Real Danger. Hardly Ever second up, second up last prep, won this track distance. Uh, Real Danger on the quick backup from last week. Yeah, this is a good race. Firstly, when I look at Hardly Ever, it's their last campaign. There was a couple of really strong performances. One was uh, 1.4 lengths above benchmark at Belmont. I love the way the horse went through the first section above benchmark around plus one, but the move in the mid-race was, in my view, was, when I say, I don't want to say spectacular, but the extension was strong and, and just definitely showed a really big uh, speed increase off a fast pace for this type of setup. The first up run, you could see over a 1,000 metres, no real movement through the first section, just a gentle move between the eight and the four, strong last 200 metres, and a perfect setup for this horse to, in my view, potentially test the 1.4. But I, I, I've gone in conservative and said, okay, my expectations are you'll run at least benchmark. Where does that put you? That puts you rock solid top two, top three. 
Race seven on the program. First leg of the quaddy here. You've got um, above the benchmark, uh, above the peg, sorry. Yep. Uh, it, it's got stronger IVR profile than Alsfina, but Alsfina is the favourite. How are you assessing this race? Mm, yeah, well, firstly, if we look at the favourite, Alsfina, and we have a close look at that profile, it hasn't broken benchmark yet, Ralphie. Now, there's been a number of races where it's extremely slow speed. The way the horse is closed in those races, you would feel like it's going to be a massive advantage at longer distance. Now, when it went from the 14 to the 16, it got a very similar speed, and, and it was a big last 400 again, you know, plus 7.5. Then last start, they went back to the 14. Uh, good speed, around 4.3 lengths below benchmark. Not really a lot of movement between the 8 and the 4. But the last 400 was about half the value of what it had shown at its previous two starts. Now, my view is, firstly, I had to look at, oh, could this be the fact because the horse has been impacted by going back in distance? Well, I had 56 days off. So I said, no. Okay, what's really happened here is they've gone much faster. The horse doesn't have the same uh, acceleration rate. So that's that, to me, is a problem. So... Unless this is a very slowly run race, which is possible, right? I yep. don't believe this horse is going to give this monster kick. And therefore, I was looking elsewhere to say, okay, where else could we go? So we'll look at number four above the peg. <sighs> well, let's just look at the last two starts. Two starts back Ascot, two lengths above benchmark. First section wasn't of a high speed, seven lengths below, but the race, the move in the mid race was very strong, plus 1.6. A booming last 400 of plus 6.2. I actually felt the horse was a little bit flattened by that run, Ralphie, going into its next start. I, I don't believe the Miller camp made the right move there with a quick backup of seven days. And what was very evident, it actually lost more speed. That's a first sign of flatness. It, the move in the mid. Just got to benchmark, and the last 400 was half the value. In other words, going from 6.2 above benchmark, last 400, two starts back, to the last start, three and a half. And again, even more evidence over the last 200 metres. So I felt a rebound's high on the cards, and there's a big expectation from me that this horse will go very close to running plus two, and therefore, being a tough horse to beat, uh, you know, price is fair. So sort of mid-fours price with a place on side is something that uh, would interest you. Yes. Uh, Megazone and Solaya for Quaddies? Yeah, well, I thought Megazone was definitely a good horse to watch and definitely the nine can't be dismissed because I, I feel that's probably the horse is going to get the golden run. All right, race seven on the program here. Uh, sorry, race uh, race eight on the program here. The Towton Cup. We know a few of these, and uh, and you got Alaskan God, who uh, you actually spoke extensively on the pod on Monday about. Given uh, I said you know Perth Cup, I didn't know I was going to be running in this. So he, he's a pretty tight price, but he's a very good horse. And on the quick backup from a, from a Group One, there's that obvious class drop query. Um, Pure devotion and uh, both Stafford's lad as well. Race shape dead against last start. Now that you've had a chance to un unfold this race, what do you think? Well, the, I, I, ten, even though I've got Stafford's lad on top, the reality is all things being equal. Alaska, as in on the grid that you're yeah, looking at. On here. the grid, yep. yeah. All things being equal, I do have to feel that I'm a lot closer to being on side with the market in terms of where they've got it. Alaskan price as the favourite and and 
the technicals do say probably deserves to be there. And if it wasn't to make the massive leap up today, when will it, right? It's yeah. it's absolutely primed for that performance, Rolfing. All the indicators strongly suggest that plus one will be the bare minimum. So it's hard to be against it. Now, the only challenge is if you one that likes to bet, you know, a larger portion for the place, it might be difficult getting set because it's pretty tight. So that's the challenge there. The other runner, Pure Devotion, very hard to knock this horse as well, Ralph. You, you look at its um, setup and where it's at, or everything sort of points to me that even though last two runs have been around that three lengths below benchmark, the first up run was the real sign, Ralphie. Number one, the horse had come back very well at an unfavourable distance going 0.4 above. The second up run at Ascot, not a lot happened through the first half of the race, but the last 400 was electric. And then, again, I actually felt like the margin's completely unfair of four lengths plus. Terrible race shape through the first section, but big finish. I feel that this horse is also ready to pounce and be extremely hard to beat. So you're saying there at the five fifty six, much as six dollars, I think, as we speak. Uh, that, that, that's it's an interesting play with the place on side. Well, I view that I feel there's very little between them. Nice. Okay, and Stafford's led the big odds there, Nerf Boss. Can I? I'll, I'll just in in thirty seconds. Has Trap for Fools got any chance with Ollie on it? Always got a chance. The the only I know first up, but the trial seemed right. Yeah, the trial was fair. It's it's what's he going to do with the speed, right? My view is this. He's going to take a sit. Yeah. That, that's what he's going to do. And they probably aren't going to go fast. So he could look he could look uh, an interesting runner halfway from home. Like, you know, from the 600 to the 350 mark, he may even look like he could potentially be the winner. But the reality is just where things are at, the other two are, are highly probable of um, coming over the top of them because the advantage isn't there for the horse yeah. being, you know, on lead speed. Okay, we've, we've had the deep dive into the gold rush, so just when you've got final thoughts here, and obviously uh, Valana's now into the field, but uh, kissing all four cheeks in Kementari, you, you suggested it could be a race in two from Massimo and Resort Man or two at, uh, at odds, but uh, it seems like you're still pretty confident on that uh, thought process. Yeah, I definitely can't uh, sway my view. I'm, I'm, I'm against Valana, even though, okay, it's fantastic, it's clear to run. I know this horse has got good level ability. There is this possibility that the horse could go to a brand new PB, but what I don't like it when they've got to come into a race where there's no way they've been 100% leading into it. And now it might be 100%, but there's been some probably uh, downsides in terms of being able to get that fine tune tuning into the horse and even if it did go to a new pb i don't i can't sit here and expect this horse to just leapfrog two lengths either so i'm against it i'm glad that the market's got it in and its favorites just allowed us to have some value around some others kementari rolfi if any horse has got its opportunity for um scoring victory it's coming into this race in my view ready for a peak performance. I have full confidence that the horse has settled in well, purely off that Belmont trial. Unless something looks terrible in the mounting yard, I just can't help but feel this runner is going to run a monster race, and it's got the perfect jockey, and it's a great price. <laughs> and we're left with kissing all four cheeks, right, as the, the only other runner. And I, I really went looking for what's the negative. There's got to be a negative, right? Where is it? 
<laughs> because when you're going to put money on, you want to see if you can eliminate the med- you know the negatives within yourself. And the only thing I could think of is, was last start its peaking run, and could the yep. horse regress backwards from here? That's all I could think of. That's the only thing that I could think. Of. So how much are you willing to penalise it? A length. So okay, if I take away a length, it could finish fifth, right? Yep. And this is assuming all the others run to their best. And what happens if they don't? It could easily be back on the podium. So I am <laughs> stuck in the mud a little bit from that point of view, but that was the only little blemish. And then there's Massimo, right? Number five. Going to go forward. Only negative I could find for that horse is only one. You're going to be giving away one or two lengths to the horses that are going to be finishing in the lanes. That's it. Now, how does Brad Parnham take the horse from possible lanes three or four turning for home to 12. Could he do that? Well, if he can outsmart the field through the first half and, you know, try and pinch the race somehow and look for an acceleration, you know, like a, a, a Craig Williams style, you know, try and really put the pressure on somewhere around that 700 metre mark. Maybe when he comes around the turn, he can get well off the fence. But that was all I could see, right? Everything points that he's going to end up close to the fence and he's going to have to give away a couple of lengths. And I don't think he's got that couple of lengths to give away, but still could finish in, you know, like in the placings. Well, it's $26 as well. Another runner that I wanted to mention for those that are doing multis, 100% don't leave out Hot Z. Right. Huge price, right? Yep. I've had a gone, had another very close look at this. There's a lot to like about this horse at a big price. And the other one, of course, is... Number 16, that uh, Khalil is karma. I could have made a case to, you know, springboard it right up, but I felt that I shouldn't because I, I want to see a repeat performance. But that was the other runner. They look very, very hidden and are primed. Well, firstly, the 16 is capable of measuring up to this field. And Hot said, whilst it, it's slightly behind, I feel that it's going to get a golden run. So there you go. Well, it's important what you said, Vince, because if your forecast is right and there's queries about Valana, yep. it's tight second favourite. So that, that's when, when you're taking Maldives, you want to be looking for something that uh, at a price. And you're saying Carly's Calm, Karma, which is uh, sort of mid to low 20s, and uh, and the, the other uh, run of their hot set at 40. So that, that could put some monster value into the uh, multi. Well, this, yeah, this is it, Ralphie. It's just all about just trying to find. Of course. Yeah, of course. You're just looking for that. You know, blowout value, right? Yep. Let's say I'm taking a position. Kementari, one, two. Yep. Wide open for the rest. These horses, if they run they run third or fourth and you've got a first four, it's going to pay massive. No doubt. No doubt. All right, last race in the program here. Uh, the Velvet Queen picked off speed. Demon in the last stride, last start. Billy Ain't Silly overdid it up front. Is there a betting opportunity here? <laughs> Like the way you, you it's really good the way you said that, Billy. Ain't silly, that was funny. All right, well, we should start with 13, shouldn't we? I mean, Why that not? run three starts back was fantastic at Ascot over a mile. Absolutely love that. The extension in the mid race was phenomenal, like we'd gone from 0.4 to plus 7.1, and then the way it was still able to hand itself over the la- handle itself over the last two and 400 meters was excellent. I feel that coming back to the 1400. Or not coming back to the fourteen hundred, but staying at the fourteen hundred is a big plus. I, I I really feel that the last start, no advantages by the race shape, better speed here, bigger opportunity. Why wouldn't this horse be a consideration? To it's not one you can go in hard on, but it is a possibility of um, 
potentially being a C-grade bet. So that's a speed dream that you've got on top. All right, once again, really appreciate your support as a customer and uh, and let's hope we can uh, finish off the year in a big way on our preview podcast and whatever happens, we'll break it all down on Monday with our review show.